Welcome to Between Two Chairs, Demystifying Commercial Real Estate, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and trends on the South Florida commercial real estate market with your hosts, Fernando Arencibia Jr. and Jennifer Woolman. In each episode, we dive into the world of commercial real estate and break down complex concepts to make them accessible for everyone. Whether you're a real estate professional, a curious investor, or just interested in the South Florida market in general, Between Two Chairs is the podcast for you. So pull up a chair and join us. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Between Two Chairs. I don't know if it's an edition or an episode. The Kindergarten Series. Oh, the Kindergarten (laughs) Series. There we go. So I don't know if we've said this before or not, but uh, we were, you know, we get a little punchy sometimes. And we did coloring um, outside the lines with Emily Line as a topic. And then we did the three little pigs as a topic. So we decided we had a kindergarten theme going <laughs> and story time. So today we're going to continue that series. And today the book in circle time is going to be the little engine that could by Waddy Piper. Just to summarize the story very, very quickly, there's a happy little train full of toys and food, and she's chugging along, going over the mountain to take all this stuff to good little boys and girls on the other side of the mountain, when all of a sudden she jerks to a stop. No matter what she tries, she can't go any further. She's stuck, stuck, stuck. And she's extremely worried about disappointing the kids on the other side of the of the mountain, she starts to get all down, and a toy clown jumps out. He's part of the cargo, and she, he sees a shiny new engine, and he gets all excited. He said, don't worry, don't worry, there's a shiny new engine. Let's ask if they can help us. So all the toys beg the shiny engine to help. The shiny engine turns them down because, as a passenger train, this engine is an elite engine and won't pull the likes of the happy little train. So everyone's disappointed except for the little clown, who states that the shiny train isn't the only one around. He spots another train. This other train is a big, strong engine. He can't do it either because he's too important to pull such a small train over the mountain. Then an old one comes along who's too old to do anything. So everybody's giving up except for the little clown. And finally, a little blue engine comes along in the clown and toys all asks this little blue engine to help. And this little blue engine, she says, well, you know, I'm a super small engine. I'm not used for much. I've never even been over the mountain. But I think I can. And then she starts chugging. I think I can. I think I can. Come on, say it with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. And she pulls she pulls the train over the mountain. It, this takes me back to when I was reading to my kids. So sorry for that little flashback that I took you on. So what does the little engine that could have to do with commercial real estate? You know, I haven't lost my mind. Um, I don't I want, think way, I might have. For, for, for the record, I want to know as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. What? So this time you're not reading my mind? Okay, so good. I've stumped. I've finally stumped Fernando. 
So basically, and you should know better than anybody, it has to do with the mindset of the broker or agent because brokerage is not easy. No transaction is easy. No matter how happily you're chugging along, eventually something, whether it's something with the deal, your motivation, prospecting, a pandemic or the economy, something is going to bring you to a grinding halt. So regardless of what stops you, you know, as Henry Ford used to say, whether you think you can or you think you can't, it's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of why I thought about it. You know, we're, we're growing our company. We've hired a lot of brand new commercial agents who have yeah. no experience whatsoever. And, you know, they come in excited and motivated and yeah. eager to learn and everything. And then... You know, you kind of get this chug stop, chug stop, chug stop and keeping them motivated and yeah. people who get stuck in transactions. So, well, there. That's... I'll tell you this. <laughs> my my wonderful partner sends me a video, a YouTube video, just as a refresher of somebody reading the little engine that could. And the first thing that I that came to mind is when they are describing the toys there's a jackknife in the middle of the toys. <laughs> so I started thinking, boy, that <laughs> I don't know how well that would carry today. And I, I'm I'm looking back and now now I know there's a fact in my mind that I would have never known, except now I'll never forget it, which is the little engineer that could was written in 1930. <laughs> there you go. And you know, little boys and little girls still use jackknives to whittle and bows and arrows mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So Absolutely. at least my at least my kids and grandkids do. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> Is there a whittling club in Miami that I don't know about? Just, no, it's something know. we do in the oh, summers. But I anyway, see. come on, okay. back on track. Focus. No, no, no. Listen, I, I think I am on track. I, <laughs> I think on I'm very track. much on track on the train track. I find it really interesting that you mentioned about our agents and, and experience. And I think experience is a really interesting thing because, you know, what we look for in agents where, where we find that they that would set them up for success is prior experience that they have. You know uh, the you know entrepreneurial opportunities that they've taken advantage of, you know um, working for themselves, working in related industries, and there's there's so much that they bring to the table. And I think that what happens is if you look at your career as a broker, if you look at the career of other brokers, people that you respect that have done really well, it's almost like an evolution of confidence. You know, Angeline Hibbert, which we both know, who's who's a, a great you know residential broker here in in South Florida and, and a great volunteer leader as well. She posted something about faith and the lack of seeing, but still moving forward, is the very definition of faith. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that if, when you look at this story, it's a story about the idea that I really don't know if I'm able to do it, but I, I think I can do it. And that's all you need. And, you know, as you, as the story builds up, you see that they, that, that, that belief continues to be in the mindset as this little engine who has never climbed the mountain and now has to climb it and pull all of these other uh, wagons with it, that, you know, it is that consistent belief that I think I can, 
And I may not know exactly how to do it. I may not know exactly what I'm doing, right? But if I have the right mindset and the right approach and I'm going in the right direction, I have just increased my chances of getting there. And I think that that's an important component uh, of all of this. I think that we, we work in an ecosystem in which there are all different kinds of brokerages, big national, multinational firms. You have your small mom and pop, you know, you have your regional firms. And so I, I've made agents who believe that they can only do a certain kind of business if they are a part of one group or the other. They, they don't see a world in which they have the ability to expand beyond their area of comfort and be able to grow right? And grow their business and grow their book of business. I think that it's healthy to have a little bit of delusion, but I think more importantly is to make a distinction between two things. Your ability to do something and your willingness to do it are two important, very, very important distinctions. And it's interesting that you bring up this book because we just recently saw a presentation from Tim Tebow and he, you know, he was wonderful and he's inspiring and um, he's affable and it's, you know, humorous. And in the story, he, he mentions about this competition that happened inside of the weight room as a freshman, you know, at, uh, with the Florida Gators. And they're having a competition about uh, curling, right? And he, he says, look, I know it sounds dumb because we're cur curling this bar, but we're basically competing to see who can curl the most and all that stuff. And they're basically doing round, round robins, you know, and all of a sudden he's moving up the ranks, you know, to see who can do it. And he's down to this other guy who he knows he can out, outwork me when it comes to, you know, out uh, talent me when it comes to this. He's more talented. He's stronger. He's bigger. He can do it. But he himself, I don't know if I'm able to do it. They're pushing each other and he's hearing the, you know, the crowd cheer and, and all that stuff. And he says, I've, you know, for the first time I wasn't, you know, cause his older brother was in the team. He says, I wasn't his little brother. Now, now I am Tim Tebow, you know, I am myself. And, you know, I'm seeing the, the eyes and the way that my teammates are looking at me is different, you know, and he keeps going. And what he comes to the realization is that it's not what you can do. It's what you can do versus what you're willing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, and I thought that that was very powerful and very important. And if you look at the story of the little engine that could, the only one who was willing to do it was the smallest engine Correct. who was willing to give it a try, Correct. who was willing to push, who was willing to learn, you right. know? And I think that that is, that's the reason why that story that was written in 1930 <laughs> has permanence Correct. because it speaks Correct. to the human spirit and there is an important lesson in their own. So my takeaways and the way that I see it applying to commercial real estate or anything in general, I guess, is stuff is going to go wrong. You're going to get stuck. So what do you do? You ask for help, right? After you ask for help, don't get discouraged. You know, you're going to get a lot of no's before you get a yes for whatever reason. So from the side of the little engine that broke down, she was discouraged. She was afraid of letting the little boys and girls down. But we know that it takes at least five no's. Five, it's between five and six no's before you get to a yes. So, you know, who did they ask? They asked the shiny engine, there's one. They asked the strong engine, there's two. They asked, so they actually got lucky. They asked the old engine, that was three. So on their fourth ask, 
they got the help that they needed, right? So ask for help, don't get discouraged. And then my favorite character is the clown because the clown, <laughs> everybody needs a clown. Everybody needs a clown or a cheerleader to help motivate you when you're off. Stop, if you guys can't see him, but he is in hysterics <laughs> crying. Guys, but you, you do realize my partner just says that everybody needs a clown. You, you understand that, right? I mean, we, we got that on record. Are we recording? We're recording we have right? each other. We have we each do. other. I'll be your clown. You're my clown. <laughs> Oh Jessica God. sitting here beside the scenes looking and pointing besides, at each of us behind listen, the scenes. Besides the fact that only a book in 1930 would have the star character be a clown and it's not a horror movie. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. It wasn't even a scary clown. I know some people it are wasn't. petrified of clowns, but but it's true. You need somebody to help motivate yeah. you and to help cheer you on and to help yeah. encourage you when you're getting no after no after no or when you're not yeah. getting or when you're still stuck. Right. Yeah. So in, in you, this book, it's a clown. You know, no, in real but, life, it could be a coach or a mentor or. <laughs> I do think you're stumbling on a really important factor. But because when you're a kid and you read the story, it's all about the little engine that could, you know, it's in the title. Right. But. If you really think about it, the most important character is the clown. Right. Because while everybody kept getting discouraged with all the no's, the clown kept pointing out, oh, here's another one that comes. Let's you ask him. Me. You know, I do. I do. I understand you. Now you understand. You know, and, and, and we've had these conversations about our role. You know, uh, at the beginning of this journey for us, we did a storyboard mm -hmm. and we looked at our role within the atmosphere, within the, you know, the the world of uh, us and our agents and us and our consumers, you know, and the clients that we serve and the people that we take care of. And we had this conversation about what is the most important character in a story, right. you know, and it right. is it is that guide. It, right. It's not the hero. It's not right. the villain. It's the guide. Right. It's a guide that is helping, right, the hero achieve their goals, right? Because Correct. the hero has to overcome, uh, has to be faced with adversity, Correct. right? And it is that guide. And when we, when we see ourselves within our role, you know, the customer is the hero, the agent is the hero. We are here to be that guide to help them overcome that challenge Correct. and get to... The success, you know, save the day, you know, uh, if you will. And and so, you know, I think that in this story, again, the clown is that Correct. is that guide. You know, the yes. clown is really the most important because he, he doesn't take no for an answer. He keeps asking. Right. He's positive. And all he needed, he's yeah. positive. And all he needed was somebody who say, let's give it a try. Right. You know, exactly. You know, and and and, and by the way. In the story, they don't over-dramatize. No. Right? They just go, you know, it's just this little engine. He goes like, you know, I've never done that before, but I think I can. Let's right. let's try it. You know? And I, and I think that that is a big part of success. And, you know, I think about all the people that I know who are in commercial real estate, who are either brokers or who are investors, and it's funny because when you're on the outside, so when I only did brokerage and I didn't invest, I'm like, oh my gosh, these people, they have all these great investments and they make it look easy. 
but then you get to know them and you talk to them and you're like, oh my gosh, you haven't had one deal that went the way that you thought it went. You know, yeah, you do your pro formas, you do the best you, you can, but issues always come up that are unforeseen. And they didn't get discouraged. There wasn't much that they could do to, you know, they were already in the deal. They had already bought it. They had already closed or whatever. And they didn't get discouraged. They surrounded themselves by people who could help them. So they asked for help. They got the knowledge that they didn't know, surrounded themselves with people who were smarter than they were. And they all end up having all of those projects that started out as a great idea and something they were excited about, then hit the roadblock, all became very worthwhile um, sure. projects and they never gave up. Yeah. So that was basically. And that's something that we've, we've always realized as we keep speaking to more and more investors is, you know, you would think, well, they had a great safety net or they had it figured out before, or they had all this breath of experience. Or they're so lucky. They're so lucky. They right. always get the best deals. And then right. you get yeah. the behind the scenes. And it's like, For oh, sure. really? Yeah. That happened? You yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, we, you and I know that a lot of the a lot of the deals, a lot of the best deals have a lot of hair on it, what we call hair, you know, right. because they're, they have complexities. It's really interesting how much successful investors will tell you, yeah, I, you know, I got this and all of a sudden I had to deal with this issue and I didn't know how to deal, but I went down here and I found it and found someone who told me where to go and where to find the information. And then I figured it out and I pieced it together. And it's really, it, you know, I think investing in real estate is a uh, is an exercise in problem solving, just like brokering real estate yeah, is an exercise correct. in problem solving. Correct, correct. You know? So I thought that that was really interesting. What to make of the uh, of the characters that say no? So I find that really interesting, too, because I see a lot of parallels, right? And one of the reasons we're doing the company the way that we are is because you have the big, shiny engines that look down on you because they're not they're they're more elite they're more glamorous and you're just a rough and scruffy little mutt you know working it out and they're a pedigree right and then in the other one it was also the strength like i'm big and i'm strong you're like i can't even be bothered with you i'm too important for you so i think that that's really interesting and you don't want to be one of those. You always want to be the helper, the connector, the cheerleader, the clown, the the motivator or the one that says, you know what, I've never done it before, but let me let me see if I can help you. Right. right. Because that I do believe in in karma and real estate karma, especially that, you know, whatever you give is going to come back to you tenfold. Um, so don't hold grudges against the people that say no. You don't know what's going on with them and why they can't help you or won't help you. You know, so it's and that's not about you. That's about them. Right. Remember, it's all about yeah. them. So don't get discouraged. Don't judge them. Don't let them don't let their no affect you. Just keep being positive and keep asking and keep going different routes until you find the people that say yes and are willing to help you and what i can say is that you're going to learn a lot from the nose right you're going to learn a lot from that but once you get the people that say yes that relationship 
that you form with the person that says yes, whether you're the person saying yes or you're the one getting the help. That bond, because of whatever experience you guys go through together, just tightens the relationship between the two of you. And we always say real estate is a relationship business, and we're usually talking about us and other brokers or us and our customers or us and our agents. But it goes out to your bigger network. It goes out, you know, we always say you need to have this whole network of your lenders, your attorneys, your title companies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And once you find those people that say yes, hang on to them and make sure you reciprocate. You never know when the time's gonna come. You know, I think it says, the story says a lot about both, but the, the biggest thing is to not hold a grudge and not be upset or bitter or judgmental about the no, because it's the people who say no. Mm -hmm. It's not about you. They're not saying no to you. Right. They're saying that they're not willing to do it. It's about them. What I, what I see is a parallel of uh, when you enter in, a, in an arena, almost like an arena of competition. You know, they were not competing with each other, but if you look at the dynamic of having the big shiny engine and then you have the engine that was tired and and you have the engine that was older you know and it is the little engine that was able to to be successful right and but all three of them would have been able to get the 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 wagons up the mountain right uh, yeah. without a doubt but only one was willing to do it and right. so you know that's that's another aspect of this that I think is very important. That's why, again, the quote that was very memorable from the Team Tebow presentation was for me that idea that it's not about what you can do, but what you're willing to do. And I think that it's a perfect example of why this is an amazing industry, right? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I speak about it all the time. It's very entrepreneurial in its nature. You can grow into it and you can gain market share because people want to do business with people that they know and trust. Mm -hmm. Okay, but, but why? Because there is a level of confidence that they need to have that the person on the other side of this transaction that is next to them, that their guide, if you will, is going to do everything they can, right, to be able to help them achieve their goals. And that's why whether it is a big firm, little firm, whatever your competition is, in a lot of ways, when you wake up every day, you're you're really competing against yourself. Correct. Right. And and the question you have to ask yourself is, what am I willing to do today to be better, to expand my horizons, right? To learn something new and to help somebody in a better way. Right. Right. And it, and if you do that, everything will take care of itself. You know. And I think that we're balls of energy, and if you have that willingness of spirit, you will find your own guide. Correct. You will find the person that is going to give you the answers. You know, I, I always tell people, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I believe that I know where to find the person that does. Correct. You know, Correct. and so, you know, we become this interconnected web of all the people that we know in every sector of the industry and outside of the industry mm -hmm. that uh, whether it's in the planning and zoning departments or if it's a tax issue or or if it's an issue that has to do with inheritance or trust, any of those things, probate, you know, and, and, and we become interconnectors, you know, in that way. But that interconnectivity, which goes back to your point, has to start with that willingness to do it. I can sit down with somebody, you can sit down with somebody and give them a, a blueprint of everything that needs to be done in order to scale their success. Correct. But the overwhelming majority of, of this 
of that success is predicated upon their effort and their willingness to do it. Correct. And can we give a shout out to, we have a wonderful agent in the Tampa area, Cindy DeSharon. Sarah, yes, Tampa, Sarasota. Tampa, Sarasota. You know, we we happen to be in Orlando for a conference and we are touring a shopping center that we're listing for lease. um, That It's a mixed-use shopping center. There's offices in the second floor and, you know, we were setting it up. She knew that we were up there and drove an hour and 45 minutes to spend a couple hours with us. Right, because she said yeah. that shadowing us just to see, I said, well, all we're going to do is walk around. We're not even taking pictures. We're going to walk right. around, take a look at it. And she goes, but it's like on hand learning. Yeah. Like I get to see what do you look for? What do Absolutely. you, what do you recommend? So yes, no huge, huge shout out to Cindy. And, and to, um, but, to, but to me, it speaks volume of, you know, again, here's a person that has some very clear goals. Mm-hmm. She has goals for 2023, goals for 2024. She knows exactly where she's going. Direction and intent are very important. Correct. But the fact that she has all of the willingness to do that work. Correct. You know, and to put in the effort and to see the value of spending a couple right. of hours and and walking around and yeah. seeing how we see the shopping center and the things that we were discussing about it. And even the way that we were breaking down an area and why it's an mm-hmm. important and so i think that for me again um uh, you know i love that stuff and, yeah. and it just energizes me like i know it energizes you Correct. to even give more right yeah, yeah. When no, and it was is- an hour and 45 minutes each way so she spent a, she spent more time in the car than she did with us and um she was happy she was excited she was she was pumped and it was sunday Hey, but we did have some good guacamole. We did have some good guacamole. <laughs> All righty, it's time for our fun fact, because this is a short story. The whole short story on YouTube is only eight minutes, and we sat here and dragged it want, out. To... Listen, I know you want to end this, but we do have to say, not only did you call me, I mean, you didn't call me a clown, but you said everybody needs a clown, but then you also mentioned there was a mutt in there in the conversation. You know, this this... This has been very eye-opening, and I think the next time we do a podcast, we're going to have to interview a therapist. So, uh, (laughs) Jessica, you want to be our therapist? Oh, my gosh. She already is. She She already is. She already is. I love it. So, you want to go first? I know we don't have each other. Well, listen, a thousand percent? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. All right. Why? Because you peaked? No. I just know. All right. There we go. I was looking at this. There's over 251 million children's books. What? 251 million (laughs) children's books that were sold in 2022 in America. That makes up 32.8% of all books sold in the United States. That's amazing. We have a lot of podcasts we can do. Oh, boy. (laughs) I am in trouble. I I didn't mean it. That went sideways. That's not what I meant, guys. No, come on. You know, you know <laughs> that book. Everything I ever learned, I learned in kindergarten. Yes. I still believe a lot of that is true. And this this mm-hmm. little story was a case in point. My fun fact has nothing to do with um, what are children's we do stories. Next? Uh, Ferdinand the Bull. Uh... Well, I have a couple in mind. <laughs> I have a couple in mind, but I don't. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, show our cards too too soon. (laughs) Um, So Miami ranked third in the world behind Dubai and Malaga in the latest Seville's Executive Nomad Index, which basically ranks the world's 20 most desirable destinations for executive nomads, which are basically 
very high level executive, you know, professional executives or a business owner mm -hmm. who work remotely. Wow. So Miami was number three wow. behind Dubai and Malaga, which is where my son's playing yeah. right now. So a yeah. little jealous. Well I mean, I don't blame them. I've been to both, and I'd rather be here. No, I'm not. No, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I've, I've, I've been to both too. They're both extremely yeah. nice, but yeah. you can't complain. You know, being know. a being a non nomad in Miami. I know. So I tell you, you spend five days away from Miami. There's a part of you that goes like, "Oh man, I miss Miami." Yeah, I can't wait to get back to Miami as my granddaughter and my my daughter used to say it, and now my granddaughter says it too. She's like, "It's not Miami." She's not when I say Miami. She's yeah. like, no, it's Miami. Well, listen, you know, <laughs> old school Miami folks know that there were plenty of people walking around calling him Miami. Miami. <laughs> Miami. So. Miami. So Hello, thank everybody. you for joining us for story time. Awesome. We'll see you next time. That's wonderful. We'll have milk and cookies next time, ladies and boys and girls. Oh, I'm hungry. <laughs> Shout out to my wife, Desiree, who is uh, a third grade teacher, elementary school teacher starting, you know, uh, the school year and uh, all the kids and teachers that are going back to school yeah. as this is that time of year. Yeah, and I uh, hope everybody has a, a wonderful, wonderful year. God bless you all. Bye-bye. I have the last word. <laughs>